Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time. And that whenever and wherever you happen to be along this space-time continuum, I hope that you are able to navigate your own path. This is something we've touched upon a lot in the past two to three weeks. And I was thinking about it today. I was thinking about how we have to eventually know the light side and the dark side of everything. And how we do talk about working on your shadow self. And that's part of it, but not totally what I'm talking about. And most people are afraid to even delve into the dark side. I was for most of my life and only recently have I thought, well, I might be emotionally and spiritually strong enough to look into it. But I wanted to let you know that even though some people are going to tell you, you have to, I'm going to tell you right now, you do not have to right now. And you do not have to this lifetime. And you can look into the dark side from the other side. (laughs) It's a little bit easier because you're surrounded by love and light when you look into it. You have a lot more protection. Uh, Grandma Marion, Reverend Marion Jones and I and my ex-husband, we had a long conversation about this um, when we were visiting her in Arizona long before my son was born. And she was on her way to being a spiritual master. If she wasn't already, I am pretty certain she was a saint, you know, which is kind of what you are right before you're a master officially, you know, um, I saw her manipulating things in her environment. She was extremely psychic, but she was visited in her home by spiritual masters that through a portal in the ceiling poured through and stood physically before her where she could like, where they're solid and they look like they walked through the front door. Um, there were a lot of things surrounding grandma Marion. She was a mystic for certain. I think she was a saint, maybe more. Her husband might've been a saint or maybe more George. God bless him. God rest both their souls. I never met George, uh, while he was living in his body called George Jones. (laughs) but uh, when I had my Kundalini raising over 20 years ago, um, he was one of the people that met me at the gate during my Kundalini rising. I had a near death experience 
and also an alien abduction all at once. <laughs> like the ETs were like there to visit me during my, I'm like, I'm having a Kundalini experience right now. Can you call me back later? <laughs> They're like, no, we have to remove an implant. I'm like, excuse me. They're like, yeah, we see what's happening now. You have gotten to the level we wished you to be. And we're going to remove this crystal. We left a crystalline form there in your, in your crown chakra. And we can remove it now because you have raised to the level that we needed you to be at. I'm like, oh my God, only I would be having an alien abduction in the middle of a Kundalini raising in the middle of a near death experience. <laughs> I mean, this, my friends is why I am a Hayoka lightning shaman. <laughs> the lightning part came about later, several years later, seven years later. <laughs> Uh, when I was actually hit by lightning, that's what that means. Lightning shaman, part of my title, if you want to call it that, <laughs> you know, Hey, okay. Cause I've been a laugher and a joker my whole life, trying to lighten the mood, <laughs> lighten the load and the burden of people by just being a total goofball and kind of a dork. And sometimes I think my lack of physical coordination has lent itself to people's, um, well, laughing at me, but also just lightening their load and being so, I don't know. I think it's just a big part of all of it. <laughs> I, I don't care. Honestly, it's like, if it's going to help someone to <clears throat> raise their vibration, go up, get more spiritually enlightened, I'm all for it. <laughs> but <clears throat> Marion and I had a pretty serious conversation once. And I, I mentioned and touched upon this a while back, um, last year, in fact, and if you're brand new and there's a lot of brand new people listening, so thank you and welcome aboard. Glad to have you on our side, on our team, in our soul tribe, in our soul family, because it's just great that we're all finding each other now. Um, yeah. So Reverend Marion Jones, if you want to go listen to all of her stories, um, I did, an episode called our, uh, teddy bears are alive. That's one of the stories about how she was able to put her energy into teddy bears and they became uh, living beings. She breathed the creation breath of life into teddy bears. And I mean, I'd walk into a room and the teddy bears would start telepathing with me and it freaked me out. And that's a whole episode last year I did about that. <laughs> one of the coolest things that ever happened to me. And she said, Oh, you want to know how to make teddy bears alive? And I'm like, um, yes, please. <laughs> I know half of you are like shaking your head going, no, thank you. Right. But no, I'm an adventurer. I'm a, I'm a, an occultist, you know, I'm, I'm a psychic and metaphysical adventurer. And I just, it's like anything spiritual, uh, let's let's do it. I'm all for it. You know, <laughs> I mean, ghost busting, looking at UFOs, all of it. I'm I'm down for all the paranormal, supernatural stuff. So, anyway, so that was one of the Saturdays, and uh, last year I did my show seven days a week for 364 days. So uh, Friday was my 556th show. So Thursday was five five five, baby. <laughs> so uh, if you are interested in the grandma Marion stories because those stories are wild beyond belief. In fact, a lot of her shows or a lot of her stories ended up 
in the Twilight Zone by Rod Serling because they were friends, okay? Just to give you a hint and a clue as to who she was. And she told me a lot about her life because she wanted me to uh, publish her book. And when she died, I did not know how to get in touch with her daughters. And the only person that knew how to get in touch with her just treated me like, you know, like I don't even know her. And I'm like, okay, I just spent hours upon hours with her visiting her in Arizona many times. And yeah, I did. And she did ask me this, but I had no proof and it just, nothing came of it. So I did my best in honoring her memory. The only way anyone's going to know about her is through the stories I told last year. And so if you look at the teddy bears are alive story on either side of that, there's like, you know, seven days before 14 days before 21 days before and after it was like every seven days, like clockwork for like, I don't know, eight or 10 episodes, but it was every seven days. I did an episode about grandma Marion or Reverend Marion Jones. So feel free to go back and listen to that. But we were having a conversation. Um, one of my trips to Arizona and she said, she had a really scary story. Uh, Doriel, Master Doriel, was um, one of her spiritual teachers. And there's a whole conversation about that, like how he called her through mind telepathy. And he said, I need you to go to the train station tonight in an hour and hop on the train. And she's like, okay. And she told, she told her husband, George, I have to go to the train station. I'm going to be gone. And I don't know when, or I don't know what's happening. And, you know, but spirit told me I need to go. I just had a a telepathy, like, like a conversation with like a spiritual master. And George said, okay. Cause they're both on the spiritual path. When you're on the spiritual path, you follow spirit. And so she did, she went and she packed a suitcase, put on her coat and her hat and her gloves (laughs) and uh, went to the train station and they got there and he's like, where are you going? She's like, I don't freaking know. I don't even know. And they turned and there was a man in all white and he didn't say a word to her. He just walked up to her and handed her a ticket to Colorado. And she looked at her husband. She said, George, I'm going to call you when I figure out what the hell's going on. But, um, I guess I'm going to Colorado. (laughs) I mean, the, the only time this ever happened to me was when I was, I was just, and she, and she was washing her dishes in her kitchen. And this is what happened to me in my kitchen, washing dishes <laughs> and a native American woman, a Navajo elder woman contacted me via telepathy. And she put me in Sedona, Arizona. And she showed me a footpath. I'd never been there in my life. Show me a footpath, show me a mountain. And she showed me a few other things. And well, I went to Sedona. In fact, I did a whole series or episode on, on that too, <laughs> last year. And I went up there and I just, I had a spiritual experience. Then at the end, I was mad cause she wasn't there. I'm like, what the hell, you know? So I went to the very end of the path and there was a native woman selling jewelry. And I'm like, well, as long as I can help you out by buying some of your jewelry, I'm really upset. Cause I was supposed to meet grandmother here and she wasn't here. And she looked at me and she's like, what? And then I told her a few things from my vision and she said, Oh my God, you're the one I've been looking for all day long. It took you all day 
I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I've been waiting for you because she told me she couldn't make it today, but she knew you're going to be here today. I mean, this is what happens when you start following spirit and you start telepathing with spirit. You start like opening yourself up and you get messages and then you get other messages. But like I, I described not only grandmother to this woman, I said, but also she was with the young man and I described the young man perfectly. And she said, well, that's my husband. This is our son. I'm like, you look just like your dad from my vision. And they just looked at me like, who is this white girl? And why is she in our world? And I'm like, well, I noticed all the faces and the elders in the rock. So I knew it was in the right place. And like white people don't notice this stuff. How do you know? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm mixed. I'm Cherokee. I look white, but I'm Cherokee, you know? And so we have this whole conversation. It was wild. You know, but this is the kind of thing that happens when you, you know, if you're brand new, just, you just woke up like a week ago or six months ago, or even a year ago, you might not be there yet where these things are starting to occur. Right. And I've been on the spiritual journey my whole life, but I had my first uh, series of awakenings. I would have to say when I was like in the 1980s, when I started having like the confirmations and the affirmations and everything in the universe started lining up when I was eight, when the week I turned 18, in fact, the day I turned 18, all this stuff started. It was wild. (laughs) Like I, I met a man who set a, a line word per word. He just, he turned, he spun around on the staircase and he looked me in the eye and he said this word to me or the sentence to me. And then like six months later, there was a mini series on TV with Shirley MacLaine. And the first line in that movie was what he had said to me, but I had met a boyfriend who had never seen the series yet, but his parents had, had, um, recorded it for him. And then he said that line to me the day we met. And then we put that in there and and, then we just looked at each other. We're like, Oh, Oh, it was like the exact word per word sentence. It was profound. In fact, it was the day I met him, you know, actually, actually the thing he had said to me was later on in the movie. But the first thing I said to him when he came into my house was, and it was actually, okay, I'm saying this wrong. Actually the two, both the things that he said and this, um, Bernardo Kelly, <laughs> he was the chancellor for the, um, school of arts and sciences. Well, both of them had said the same line to me. Both those were in the movie, but the very first line of the Shirley MacLaine movie was Malibu beach at sunset is so beautiful. She said that and she's standing on Malibu beach in the movie, but I had, um, stood on in Malibu beach just a month before and took pictures and I had an album. And I is the first thing I said to my uh, boyfriend, he is our first date. He drove me home. We went in. I'm like, I want to show you some cool pictures. I just went to California and I said, look at this picture. Malibu beach is at sunset. It's so beautiful. So I, I wanted to share this with you. So I showed him and he was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. It's so cool. And he's like, Oh, there's this movie. Um, my parents recorded for us or for me. And I wanted to show it to you. And so we brought, he brought it to my house and we, I mean, this is going back a long freaking way, but that was one of my first spiritual awakenings. He pops out in the VCR back when that's the only way to watch a movie before computers, before cell phones, before any of that. I mean, people had cell phones, but they were like five times bigger than your head. It was like insane. Just watch back to the future. It's hilarious. I think someone has a cell phone in that movie, <laughs> but, um, 
he popped that video in and that was the first thing Shirley McLean said, Malibu beach is sunset. So beautiful. And, um, when in the pictures I had shown him, I put, um, I had drawn like a heart in the sand. I had done a lot of it, uh, you know, things, but I stood on that beach and I prayed that my one true love would bring me to this beach and no other man would ever bring me to that beach so that I would know the one I was supposed to marry and have children with. And when you know it, it wasn't my boyfriend that I was showing the picture to. It was my husband um, that I was married to for 13 years. He brought me to that beach a couple months after we met, almost 10 years to the day that I did that um, ritual at the beach, saying that only the man that would I would marry and have kids with, right? So, like, these are the kinds of things that happen when you are on a spiritual path, right? So these massively amazing coincidences where you're just like, it just, it drops you to your knees and you break down and you cry. Cause you're like, Holy crap. None of this is random. None of this is just by chance. None of this is willy nilly. Actually, there's someone out there that actually put all this stuff together, all these weird coincidences, all these things. And you're just like, Oh my God. And so, I mean, I've been on the spiritual path for a very, very long time. By the time I met Grandma Marion, and this is still 20 years ago, so it's like I'd already been on the path almost 20 years, like 15, 16 years. And she told me that Doriel had given her a very scary-looking book, and it was all about the dark side of uh, the occult and, like, everything, the dark stuff, like the demons and hell and evil and all the devil, all of this stuff. And she was terrified. And she said, I have the book in the other room and I'm absolutely scared. In fact, she said, I'm going to bury it before I die. Cause I don't want my daughters coming across it. I don't want anyone to find this book. It's very scary. And she was like, she broke down. She started choking up and start crying. And, um, she went to look for it and she was going to ask us to bury it or maybe the three of us bury it together and she couldn't find it. And she's like, Oh, of course it's disappeared. And she just looked at me. She's like, stuff happens like that to me all the time. (laughs) I'm not meant to bury it. It'll, It'll just like disappear. You know, it'll reappear when I need to see it. Or maybe it's been taken. Sometimes spiritual masters will come in and grab your stuff from you. And I did a whole episode on that last year as well. <laughs> Things just popping in and out of, out of existence as need be. And, you know, and so the whole spiritual realm, like when you awaken and you're just like, at first you're like, everything is wonderful. And you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to buy a crystal. I'm going to get tarot cards. Some of you are afraid of tarot cards and that's okay. Don't get into it yet. You know, if you're not ready and you don't ever have to get into it by the way. And some of you are like, well, let's go with the Oracle cards. Hey, Hey, we'll do the Oracle cards with, um, positive messages. There's even one about spiritual, um, self care, you know, and there's not a single scary card in the whole thing. It's just like, you pull a card and it says it's time to do your affirmations, you know? So if you want cards, but you don't want really super scary cards, just go with something super light, you know, Oracle of the unicorns or the fairies or the mermaids. Things are going to be like, it's time to look at yourself in the mirror, see your own reflection. Maybe 
You know, there's a shadow thing you need to work on and that's okay. And then you pull out a next card and says, love, just love yourself. Okay. You know, so I mean, I, I tend to be a, a hardcore warrior at times because I've been at this for so freaking long and I forget how a lot of you are very open, like brand new opening to this and, and it could be very scary. So you don't have to be like me just because you're listening to my show. Um, a lot of people will go, you have to do it this way. You have to do it that way. You have to get into witchcraft to know your magic. You don't, if that scares you, you don't have to do any of that. You could be a Wiccan, which is very light and airy fairy, but you don't have to do that. And you don't have to go the dark side. And I do not recommend Ouija boards too scary. (laughs) Pendulum dowsing is not scary, but I'm going to tell you what to do. There is a book that I recommended to Emerald and I just met Emerald this week. And I I think, no, I did not. It was Amanda. I think I have been getting so much fan mail, you guys. So for those of you whose name I'm not remembering off the top of my head right now, I, I still am thinking about you and I'm so grateful that you all wrote to me this week. And thank you. Anne, for the $50 donation. Oh my God, that is the best. In fact, you know what? I want to tell you guys a secret. Um, my son works in a restaurant brand. That's not a secret, but <laughs> the chef, one of the chefs in the restaurant has two kittens that she needed to find a home for. And I said, well, all right, you know, we'll see what we can do. I I'm, you know, I've got like hundreds of people on this one list here in the sweet Adela where we live. And so I said, Hey, you know, I, I said to my son, I can't sell a cat without a picture of the cat. You know, we got to get the cutest possible pictures of these cats to see if we can't find homes for them. And so, okay, fine. You know, he says, okay, I got a, a picture of the cat. I'm like, well, you said there was two cats. You got to get the other picture. And he's like, okay, I'm asking her. I'm asking her. And it took hours. And I, and I looked at him and I went, oh my God. And he said, what? I said, if it's a black cat, it's my cat. That's why she's not getting back to you right away. Why she's hemming and hawing about, you know, taking a picture because it's honestly, and it's not for anyone here, but me. And he's like, well, I don't know what kind of cat it is. You know, I'm like, I just told you it's a black cat. Right. So an hour or something later, maybe it's two hours. He's like, okay, you got to see this cat. And I saw the cat. I went, oh my God. It's a black cat (laughs) with blue eyes that are turning green. Like, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. That's my cat. I just, damn it. (laughs) I've gone for uh, five years without having an animal. And I was, (sighs) I didn't want a cat, but then I saw this cat. I looked into its little eyes and damn it. I'm stuck. I'm hooked. The other cat, it was easy because he, because it was a picture of it sleeping and I couldn't see its eyes. But this cat, you guys, I've, I spent hours today coming up with a name and I'm still formulating the name, but I, I kind of have it. And I will introduce this cat to you guys through my Instagram when he is in my life, but I'm sure he's going to be my little familiar. In fact, he is familiar to me and his energy. I'm feeling it. I know he's my old kitty cat named Corrigan that I used to have when he used to be a little redhead cat. (laughs) 
he was my little redhead cat and he was, he took care of me. He was, he would hold my head at night and lick my face clean. (laughs) Who needs a face scrub or apricot exfoliant when you have a, a kitten with a very rough tongue licking your face violently every night? This is what my cat used to do to me. And I'm sure it's the same cat. I have a feeling and I'm, and I have to do the test, the headbutt test. <laughs> the first day I brought this little fella home from the, um, the pet, um, the pound, you know, this is like going back 25 years ago. <laughs> this little guy, man, I, I read a book, how, how to get your cat to do what you want. <laughs> Such a joke. Cause you know, cats usually don't do a damn thing unless they want to do it. But I got down on, on the floor really low and saw him eye to eye. So he knew how much I loved him, right? That's the first thing you do. And he ran as far as he could, as fast as he could. And he head butted me and he knocked himself over and gave me a headache for the whole day. (sighs) I'm not looking forward to the headache day again, but I have a feeling that if I do the same thing. He's going to do the same thing. And then I'm going to know this is my, my little Corrigan and Corrigan is an Irish word for changeling. And a changeling is a fairy who, uh, steals babies. They will hop into the body of a baby and the other little Corrigans will come around and grab the baby and, and take it. And then the changeling changes into the shape of the baby until the mother realizes that suddenly the baby isn't feeding at her breast and the baby's acting kind of weird. And so you got to leave the changeling out in the forest and then your baby is replaced back into its crib and it's all in good fun supposedly. And you know, but some babies disappear when the mother doesn't notice, I think it's a test to see if the mother's a good mother, if she knows her own child or not. And it's like a really kind of scary, (laughs) Uh, Irish little thing. But anyway, that I named this cat Corrigan because I thought it was a cute name and also kind of a crazy story because, you know, and the cat was red, a redhead. He was a ginger cat and he had like kind of blue green eyes. And I'm looking at this cat going, mm, this cat's got little blue green eyes, but he's a black cat. He has a little teeny tiny tuft of fur on his chin that looks like a little old man beard, but it's itty bitty. And I'm like, Oh my God, this cat is just too, too, too adorable. So I think it's my cat. We're going to find out this week. I I told my son, we can't have him immediately because we need to get a litter box. We need to get litter. We need to figure out where we buy all the cat supplies here in Ecuador. Cause I don't know, but my son went and bought him a bed today. And we have a teeny tiny bag of cat food and it's like the most adorable thing ever. I'm like, Oh my God, we're going to have to go. I have a few errands to run before I am prepared to have a baby kitten in my house, but we have a third bedroom. And so now our cat will have his own bedroom. Oh my God. (laughs) I just, I I don't know. This is wild. I had no idea this was going to happen this week. I mean, gain a black cat during October. I mean, this is a witch's dream come true. (laughs) And I'm, I'm promising everybody. I am not, this is not my crazy cat lady starter kit. (laughs) 
it's just one cat. I'm not getting the second cat. I'm only getting the one because, you know, (laughs) still waiting for the twin flame. (laughs) This is not me giving up. I am wearing sweatpants right now, but it's been quarantined for seven months. (laughs) But, oh my God. Yeah, so I have a new cat coming. So I've been spending hours trying to figure out his name. But it's a little boy, and I'm like, oh, my cat I had before, baby Corrigan, he was a little boy. He was a good cat. In fact, our last cat was Hercules. He was a good cat. I believe in giving cats very good names. In fact, I'm going to read you guys something um, I thought was super cute. It was on a uh, cat naming website called Magical Cat Names, wildwitchvintage.com. In this poem, it made me like laugh because it's totally how I feel. This is by T.S. Eliot. He says, the naming of a cat is a difficult matter. It isn't just one of your holiday games. You may think at first I'm mad as a hatter. (laughs) Oh, when I tell you a cat must have three different names. (laughs) And all day long, before I ran across that all day long, I was thinking, you know what? This cat has to have three names. So, (laughs) ah, Halloween, it's such a magical time. It's just phenomenal. And now we have a little baby black cat coming our way. Oh, he just got weaned from his mom. And so he's ready, (laughs) ready to come. And I guess learn how to be a witchy cat. But, um, so yeah, I, uh, I was thinking about how like sometimes I'm a little bit like talking about the darker stuff and the shadow stuff because I want you guys to understand that even though it seems scary and it is dark, it is all here for your benefit, for spiritual growth. This whole schematic of planet Earth was here put in place so that we are all pieces of God, that God had removed the memories of who we are right? So we're just like little shards, you know, of the big, huge light (laughs) and being little tiny shards. We have, we have the veil of Isis over us is one ancient thing that they say that having the veil of Isis means you don't remember anything. You don't know your origins. You don't know where you come from and you forget everything. And what it, what the reason is, is God wanted to know himself But how can he know himself unless he separated himself into a hundred or a thousand or a hundred million or, you know, you know, several billion or a hundred billion beings and then see if they, they forget and having free will, do they go dark? Do they go light? What do they do? Do they ever come home? Do they ever remember? It's a very weird experiment, right? But it's kind of what's happening, you know? So we've all gone down to the darkest of the dark ages, you know, the middle ages, the dark ages, the stone age. And now we're in the stoned age. <laughs> okay, a lot of people are stoned these days, but that's not what I mean. But <laughs> we're on our way back. Like we went down, 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 down. We even went through period in which there were magical creatures 
unicorns and mermaids and dragons. And there's like, it's in our memory. It's in our storybooks. It's in some of our history books and it doesn't make sense. We're scratching our heads going, yeah, but those things are fake. They're not real. And then we're realizing that man doesn't have that kind of imagination. Yeah, of course they're real. Giants, that doesn't exist. That's not a real thing. And then, oh, crap, here's a giant skeleton. Oh, crap, here's another giant skeleton. Oh, my God, why are there stories of giants all over the world? We independently came up with large and small ideas. I don't know. And what about the the littlest little people? There's those stories are all over the world. And the camera footage from Texas on Coast Coast AM, you could probably look it up on YouTube too. In the driveway, a driveway cam picked up little people. Now I'm telling you, people that are only a foot tall. <laughs> Walking around this little driveway, it's not faked. It's, it's just, it was like a, a CCTV type of camera, like a surveillance, surveillance camera. I mean, this kind of stuff is real. And now that we're coming, we went all the way to the bottom and now we're like bouncing like a ball coming back up (laughs) and we're now going into the realm of magic again. And I'm telling you, I saw a dragon three years ago, a real honest to God live, like a massive freaking bird dragon with a heart shaped end of its tail. It was golden and it was glorious. It looked like metal gold in the shining of the sun, but I could see where its wings were a little bit see-through like a bat's wings. And it was kind of a brownish, like a golden eagle. They call them the golden eagle, but they're really like a brown eagle. But when the sun shines on them, they look golden. And I have seen in California, a golden eagle. Well, in Lima, Peru, this massive metal dragon, that's what they call them because they look like gold. And I said to my daughter, I'm like, holy man, I just saw a dragon. I never saw, I never thought in my life I would see a dragon. I started crying. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm simultaneously amazed and enchanted and absolutely thrilled that I just saw what I saw. And I, and I knew they were real. I always knew they were real. Holy crap. But also at the same time, I am terrified. What if we go outside and this thing picks us up? What if this is like just an animal that's coming back now? And my daughter says to me, finally you see it oh my god I've been telling you since I was a little as soon as I could talk I told you that my dragon is here I have a dragon that's mine he's here watching me he's my like my guardian he's always been my ever lasting companion ever since I was born and like I just started crying I was like I can't believe this shit this is like holy man dragons are real and I just freaking saw one I have dragon spirits around me all the time, but I don't see them physically, you know, I want to. And every now and again, I see the outline of like a scale or like a tail or something. I'm like, Hey guys, you know, but I feel like they're ethereal realm dragons. But what I saw was physical, like a bird. Oh my God. That thing was enormous. I mean, it flew over our apartment and the shadow was cast. I mean, it went, the shadow was cast over our whole apartment. Like it changed the temperature for a second. It was that big and that much of a shadow. So we are coming back up through the magical realm again. Magic is getting stronger. Your creations, your manifestations are getting stronger and they're going to be. And whether you're a magician or a witch or a warlock or none of that, 
and you just have an affirmation. And then all of a sudden, all the numbers line up. You see 144 everywhere. You see 1111 everywhere. 222, 333, 555, 777, 888. <laughs> I mean, you start seeing it everywhere. You go to the grocery store and, 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 you, and it's $17 and 70 one sense, you know, 1771, you know, it's like a mirror image or you'll see 1717 or 1818, you know, whatever the number is, it comes for you. Maybe it's one, two, three, four. It's everything lining up. Boom, 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 boom. Ducks in a row. And you're going to just start seeing it again and again and again. You'll say one affirmation. And then the next day, someone will say the same affirmation to you. Someone will, you know, do something or say something or a car pull out in front of you. Boom. It's on the bumper sticker. Oh my God. Did I not just say that two minutes ago? (laughs) Things start to line up. Something weird happened to me today. I was watching, um, it's a Turkish show called Atiyah, but in um, English it's called The Gift. It's an incredible uh, show. I've mentioned it before about Gobekli Tepe. Well, I was watching one of the episodes, you know, from the newest season, and there's this moment where this older woman, she's... um, very magical and very connected to the nature spirits. And this woman was just kind of being very, um, negative and rude. And the woman wanted her to leave. So she just looked at her and then she looked up at the sky and she closed her eyes and she started to move her hands a certain way. And all of a sudden the wind kicked up the second my, my son opened the door and a wind just came in and enveloped me just like it showed on the show. Those kinds of like, that was a weird synchronicity. Oh my God. I felt like I was inside the show. I was like, Oh my gosh. Um, and then the other day I was listening to something. And as I was listening to something at the same time, I was typing something to somebody and I, I typed the same phrase as what the person was saying at the exact same time. And I, I've said the same thing that my son said at the exact same time, a few times in the past couple days. <laughs> I mean, you know, when I thought, Oh shit, she's not sending the second picture of the cat because it's my cat. And my son's like, you don't want a cat. I'm like, no, but if it's a black cat, it's my cat. I mean, I just like felt it. And it was just like, Oh my God. And then I saw the picture of the cat and I just started crying. I'm like, that's my cat. What the hell? I didn't want to have a cat right now, but you know what? That's my cat. I can't say no to this cat. I mean, look at its eyes. (laughs) You can't say no to its eyes. You know? (laughs) It's just, uh, I mean, this is the kind of stuff when you wake up, all these wild synchronicities and the affirmations or the confirmations come. A confirmation is when you'll say something or someone will say something and you get like kind of a weird feeling inside your body and you almost feel like you just left your body and came back. Sometimes you'll feel like you left your body and you slam back down into it and you just kind of jolt and you kind of look around like what the hell just happened. That's what happened to me when I was 18, like all the time (laughs) when I first was waking up and I'm 52 now. So it's been a long freaking time. But, um, but, uh, another thing is you get, uh, chills, the chills that go over your whole body or you'll start to shake or, or shimmer or you'll get like kind of um suddenly a flash of hot 
or a flash of cold or like cold and then hot or just electrical, like electrical, like you feel like all your hairs in your body are standing up. That's a confirmation and you get all this. And you're like, ah, you know, so if you're brand new and a lot of you guys are, and I started realizing that maybe I'm talking about the dark stuff too much because you're not ready for it. Most of you are just not even close to ready for it. And that's okay. You don't have to be. And grandma Marion, even though she had that really scary book, she told me I never freaking read it. And her got higher guidance said, even though you had it available, you never have to read it while you're here. You don't have to look at this stuff. If you're really afraid, you don't have to look at it while you're here. You don't have to walk that like light warrior, heavy duty, shadow, dark, evil, like looking into it. You don't have to until you are ready. And if you're not ready in this lifetime, that's okay. We're done. You know, you don't have to, and you might've been a past life already. You know what I mean? But eventually you're going to have to know the both sides, the light and the dark. Then you put it together and make that yin and yang symbol. <laughs> then you're like, Oh, everything's cool. Everything's fine. You know, but if you are willing to look a little bit into it, I did do a book or I mean a book. I did an episode about, um, devils and demons and hell. Oh my, (laughs) it's, it's not what you think. It's not that scary. In fact, that episode will shock you and surprise you in the nicest of ways. You know, and I think I did, I did tell you guys that I did meet the guy who is incarnate. He is the devil, but he's incarnate in human form this time. And he contacted me recently and like in the past month. And, um, we've been talking and he apologized for everything. He like, like sent me a voice message where he's crying and he apologized to me for everything. You know? And I said, you know, when you fell to earth, I was there. I remember when he left, I don't remember falling myself, but I remember when he fell and it was the biggest betrayal and it hurt me because he was like my best friend. He was like my brother. And he, he, like, we had to have this massive awakening with each other. Like, you know, in the past few weeks, just trying to, we need to get back on the same page. Cause you know, I love you, but I don't freaking trust you. You're the devil. Right. So we're having this conversation. So, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm working that darkness out. (laughs) I'm working it out, but God told me he's ready to make amends. He told me his spirit told me last year, he's ready to make amends that he's going to go back to the light. He wants to bring unity consciousness on the planet. And just, he told me directly, Elena, I want to bring unity consciousness on the planet. Like everything his spirit told me last year. You know, so for me, I'm, I have to be a part of that part of it, which is crazy. You know, seriously, if someone told me this 20 years ago, I would have said you need medicine or, you know, <laughs> or a psych ward. And I know some of the things I say sound crazy, but I've lived this, I've been living this and I've been walking between the worlds. I'm a world walker and I see all of this stuff now. I see it much bigger than I ever thought I would. And I don't have all the pieces. No one has all the puzzle pieces, not even the devil himself. Some of the stuff he says, I'm like, that doesn't sound right to me. (laughs) I don't think that's right. You don't have it yet. He's still sleeping in some ways. We all are. I am. Everyone is. You are, you know, no one's fully awake, awake, except for the fully illumined and enlightened 
and uh, self-aware spiritual masters. And we're going to talk about them tonight, by the way, guys, I made the decision. (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to read them all in a row, but I've decided to at least read for you starting tonight, the number one volume out of the six, the life and teachings of the masters of the far East tonight. Now, if you've never heard of this book, <laughs> woo, get some popcorn, get your hot chocolate, better get ready, baby, because this story put on two pairs of socks, it's going to knock your socks off. <laughs> this story blew my mind when I read it. I have not read all six books even. I've, I've, uh, listen to the dove lady on YouTube, read them. Uh, she read like three of the books or something. I found access to all six volumes, but I don't know if I'm going to do all six right away. I might do like one volume and then go to something else. And then two in the second, you know, to break it up. But these books, these books are incredible. Well, you're going to find that out tonight, so we're not going to get too much into it. It's by B.T. Spaulding. He was a research scientist in the late 1890s. (laughs) Definitely in the public domain, so I can definitely read it to you legally and without any repercussions. Thank you, God. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So I just want you guys to know if you are on the spiritual path, I don't want you to, uh, as you navigate through this and you're, and you're waking up and you're hungry. So you're going to look all over the place. You're going to, you know, listen to my show. You're going to read books. You're going to meditate and go, maybe go to new thought churches, or maybe you're going to go to, um, the internet, YouTube, especially Google, whatever you're going to do. I don't want you to be disturbed or dismayed or disheartened. When you look and people say, you have to do this, you have to do that. No, you freaking doubt. You could be a hereditary witch and choose never to do one spell in your life. That's okay. You might find out you're a hereditary witch and that's all you want to do. And you don't want to do all the other stuff. You don't want to meditate. That's also okay. As long as you're not hurting anybody else and accruing more karma for yourself, because this is all of our last lives. I mean, on this planet, this is it. The fat lady is sung and (laughs) the last note is about to be rung. And then that's it. And we're going to hop off onto another world that we're building a new world right now, but you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. I say, you don't have to do anything that anyone else says. You don't have to do it the specific way a book tells you. You need to follow your gut instinct, your heart, your mind, but you also have to have discernment and make sure you're not fooling yourself. So you have to constantly ask your higher self to intervene, your spiritual master, whether you know her or not, him or not, they're still there. Your spiritual guides, those are different than your spiritual masters. Your holy guardian angel will guide you too. So just keep asking and you put them all together in teams. Say, I want to create a team and you name your team and then you say who you want on your team. You could take people off your team if you don't want them, but you could say, Hey, I want Buddha. I want Jesus. I want, you know, um, Hari, you know, I want Lord Krishna, you know, or if you don't want any of those people, that's okay. Just want Paramahansa Yogananda. That's okay. 
You know, if you don't want him, that's okay. You know, you got to put, you you could just start off with, I want God. (laughs) I want Jesus. I want my holy guardian angel and I want my spirit guides and no one else. That's okay. I want Archangel Raphael and Archangel Mikael and that's it with my holy guardian angel and God. And that's okay. You know, so you build the thing that you want the most. And then you ask these people to help you and guide you all the time and help you make sure that you're not delving into your subconscious mind. And that's not where you're getting your information. You know, that your instincts and your intuition is really coming from your pineal gland. It's really coming from spirit. And you're not just wishful thinking your way through life. So we'll talk more about this probably, um, soon again, I have a feeling, um, I, I tell you guys what God told me to tell you basically, cause I am connected to prime creator. And so he tells me what is the main thing for y'all to know tonight. And he wanted me to make sure that even though I talk about this stuff, you guys don't have to delve into this yet. I recommend you don't, if you're brand new to the spiritual realm, because it's too, um, you could get lost. You could, <laughs> I'm not really lost, lost, but it, it, you can dive into stuff that you don't really need to deal with right now. Ouija boards, no, they're out. Don't do it. Pendulum dowsing, go read Letter to Robin. It's on a PDF. It's absolutely free. Uh, the American Dowsing Society puts it out. It's uh, like 23 pages or 28 pages, something like that. You could download it, print it up, pop some holes in the side, put it in a notebook put some other lined paper in there and just start taking notes. It is the only way I would recommend anyone doing a pendulum. Otherwise you're just going to be like, you know, doing everything from your subconscious mind. There's not going to be any rhyme or reason. It's just going to be like, Oh, I'm doing my own thing. And you know, your own thing might be, you know, being influenced by demons who are laughing at you. (laughs) You (laughs) Your own thing might be, you know, just from your subconscious mind and you're not understanding where you're at. Um, this book tells you how to make your mind completely blank. And if everything is standardized, no matter what kind of pendulum you use from now on, if you do everything correctly, you're always going to get the right answers. And if like, say you're, um, you don't clean your pendulum according to the book, you'll get the wrong answers every time. And then you clean your pendulum. I'm like, Oh, okay. Duh. I need to clean my pendulum. So I recommend it highly. It's really good. It's scientifically, um, put together. It's very logical and it's not just, you know, Oh, have the fairy move it for you. You know, because how do you know the fairies on your side? They're not always, maybe might be on their own side. (laughs) So it's, it's extremely important to, um, either do it correctly or don't get into it yet. You know, a few people have contacted me recently that are very, very new to the spiritual realm. And this is why I'm saying this stuff right now. So even though I talk about some stuff that's maybe a little bit more advanced, so you know what you have to look forward to, you could still say no to any of it. And you can still say yes to any of it too. Just have to be careful. Surround yourself with white light. Ask um, God, or if you want to say goddess or the prime creator, Mother Mary, Jesus, those are good people. (laughs) They're good peeps. They'll protect you. Ask for the white light of protection from your holy guardian angel who will never, ever steer you wrong. 
sage yourself, burn incense. Um, we'll talk more and more about this stuff, but I just wanted to bring it all up and just say, by the way, (laughs) use your discernment, learn what the difference between your subconscious mind and spirit. Those are some of your tasks when you're brand new to the spiritual path. Because we want to all jump together to the brand new world, which I mean, you don't have to like learn how to fly. It's not going to be hop in the spaceship and go to the new world. It's going to be probably we all fall asleep. And then the next day we wake up on the new world and we barely know we're gone. (laughs) And we'll just little by little notice things. And then we'll have like a faint memory of how things used to be, but we don't really remember it because our memories of very negative and bad things will be wiped out. That's the way I, I, it's my personal understanding of it right now. And of course this can change. It's all subject to change as we go along. Cause again, I don't have all the pieces of the puzzle. I might just have the corner pieces <laughs> in place, maybe the border and a couple, couple, uh, images inside the puzzle. I don't have the whole thing. I have a lot of it, but not all of it. And you all have a part of it too. And so we're just trying to put together as our soul family and soul purpose, um, start to flesh out and come together. So anyway, I did call upon, um, you know, God to show me what is the, you know, Archangel Uriel is here with us this week. He's uh, drawing the cards for us. The number one card for the week for the collective, the card is from the vintage wisdom Oracle and is the card called innocence. And I'm going to put this card up with its description And I look at this and there's two birds in the sky and there's a little, I mean, it's kind of heteronormative, it's a boy and a girl, but I see this as representative of the divine feminine and the divine masculine coming together. And I feel like a lot of twins are going to start um, meeting up, connecting, you know, maybe energetically, if not physically, but I feel like, you know, this is just another moment that shows me yeah okay we're getting ready we're getting ready it's an adorable they're kissing these little kids are kissing on the lips like oh you know like babies loving you know i don't know if you've ever been around babies they can be very sweet and loving and innocent and that's what this is and then the two swallows in the up upper part of the sky kind of going towards the future going to the right so i'm looking at this going yeah this is pretty cool Anyway, I'm going to put up the description because I don't have time to read it right now. But here we go. Because I got too long-winded. Sorry about that. Chrome. Uh, Space weather. Here we go. (laughs) Chrome wasn't where I'm going. Spaceweather.com. We have no sunspots. It's been nine days. The cosmic radiation has gotten higher. In fact, we're at very high levels of cosmic radiation right now. In fact, in the past 48 hours, we've had a change of 0.9% higher since Friday. There are no significant coronal holes, so we have no solar winds coming to bug us right now, which is good news. Good news. Tomorrow, Mars will be its closest possible before it starts going away from us again. If you have a backyard telescope, it's going to look so good. You're going to look like you're looking through a Hubble telescope from NASA. That's how freaking close Mars is right now. Mars and the moon are conjunct. (laughs) We might be having some crazy dreams. There might be some aggression. You might feel like, yeah, this is the time to get my dreams done. (laughs) That's a good place to be. So, um, 
We have seven fireballs that NASA's All Sky cameras um, got through the all the All Sky Fireball Network. They uh, captured seven fireballs over the United States today. Oh wait, this says yeah, no, that's today. Uh, six were sporadic. One was a Southern Taurid. So um, Mars is very bright. The Moon is very bright. They are really incredible. It says yeah, it says. You could see the conjunction best seen from South America. Well, I'm in Ecuador. Yes. I have a skylight in my bathroom. Every time I go to my bathroom at night, oh, there they are again, Mars and the moon, just dancing around each other. Mars is bright. It's orange. I mean, it's crazy. Um, But it's even better seen from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. There's a picture of it. It's pretty cool. You want to go look at this picture. It is pretty orange, man. Uh, spaceweather.com. They've got it right there. Um, let's see. Disclosurenews.it. They're only reporting power eight, <laughs> which is like hardly anything for the Schumann resonance, considering that many other places have very high vibratory levels right now in the Schumann resonance. So, um, let's see. I want to make sure. Yeah, I've got three minutes left. I got to get right through this. Okay. Uh, California on, okay, on Friday. We didn't have the, the, uh, I want to go through this. California was at 75 Hertz frequency. Hafuf, Saudi Arabia and Alberta, Canada were both at zero Hertz frequency. Lithuania, Lithuania was at <laughs> 146 Hertz frequency. Remember 40 is the fifth dimension. So California, Lithuania were both above. So we have 75 and 146. And then in Northland, New Zealand, they were at 65 hertz frequency. Now, this is what I'm bringing up Friday. Um, <laughs> 443 hertz frequency was where Hulului, South Africa was at. 443. This is 10 times more than what you need to officially be scientifically in the fifth dimension, guys. So, 443. I just wanted to bring that up because of how crazy is that now the closest numbers we have to today is california was at 60 hertz frequency hafuf saudi arabia and alberta canada both remain at zero hertz frequency lithuania today or two days ago is at 127 hertz frequency this is saturday at 2300 hours so about a day and a half ago and northland new zealand is at 43 hertz frequency still within the fifth dimension and Hulului, South Africa, 165 hertz frequency. <clears throat> so we are actually having scientific proof and evidence <laughs> that we are in the fifth dimension still. So, I mean, for those of you who only go to Disclosure News and you're like, eight, what the hell? <laughs> I don't want to be in the third dimension. I feel like everything is fluctuating and changing. And when it says some things like eight, it doesn't, don't believe the hype. That's not the only number for the planet. And I just read you six other numbers. So, I mean, there's as many numbers as there are streets. Honestly, it's just that we don't have the scientific equipment set up around the world to really get an overall bigger picture. But I mean, you know, what's the median between zero and 400 is still 220, you know, 440 and zero it's 400, it's 220. We are in the fifth dimension, guys. I just, I don't want you guys to hear this and go, she's a crackpot. There's no scientific evidence because there is. 
you're not crazy. You're having ascension symptoms. We'll talk about it probably in the next day or two. But I, I just want you to know that all this special stuff that's happening, it's real. It's happening to you. It's happening to me. It's happening to hundreds of thousands of people around the planet, if not millions. We're awakening, guys. And here we go. We're going to get into it now. Wonderful book coming up right after this break. I'll be right back. (laughs) All right, guys, before we get into the book, I wanted to... Um, say a couple words about the card of the day because I didn't have a chance in the first half because long-windedness sometimes gets the better of me. But I'm not going to read the whole description. I am going to put it in the next 24 hours up on Instagram, which you can find at mermaidgirl888. It's my personal Instagram. Long story, but that's what it is. Um, so, and you could also do hashtag metaphysical soul speak or hashtag soul tribe, hashtag soul family, you'll eventually find me because I use those every now and again. So that's at least how you find my account. So uh, I want to explain a little bit more about what this card means, and I'm just going to read a little bit from the description, not the whole thing. Um, basically, this, this uh, card directs you to look at life through the lens of innocence because you are a divine child of God. And right now is the time to drop judgment, guilt, or blame that might be present in your life and in your mind right now. So, uh, the long shadow of these feelings either towards yourself or towards another serves to serves absolutely no useful purpose. You have to remember the innocence inside you. And this also harkens back to the entire Course in Miracles that we read. <laughs> I literally read the, the lessons of A Course in Miracles for 365 episodes in a row. And we're, we're already done with that. But um, so you are innocent. That is the um, main gist of this. Like innocent in the way that you do come from God. You look at your core of your being. And that is who you are. So, um, the world is bathed in a light that will never cast any shadows. When you look at things from the level of pure innocence, it's just a reminder to look at yourself as who you truly are, as your divine nature, as God's child, a child of the divine. So we're just trying to find our way back home after all of our lifetimes. You know, that's it. We're just innocent trying to get back home, you know? So look at the best, understand other people, look at the innocence in people, look at the God energy, the high vibrational points of someone, you know, don't look at their behavior when you're trying to love them. Just look at the soul. Because everybody's soul is pure. 
So that's, um, I'm going to, going to put the description up there, but I just wanted to bring it up because it's so important to see yourself through that lens of innocence that will help, um, it will literally cast out the shadows with your own pure light of your soul if you allow it. So, all right. All right. Let's get into this book. Um, I feel really blessed, honestly, that I found this book online because it's out of print. It's been out of print for a very long time. If you go and find it somewhere, you're going to pay close to $200 for it. Although it might be possibly back in print in Barnes and Noble. I did see it a long time ago, but it was expensive. You could go to probably find it at used bookstores if you're lucky. And if you're lucky, it's not like all marked up and dog-eared and whatever. But you can find it online on PDF. So I'm grateful I just found it. I used to have the boxed set. I, I paid paid a pretty penny for it, but not as much as 200 which I'd seen locally in used bookstores. Because it's six books. Or five books in one volume. It's kind of a lot. <laughs> it's it's a lot of information, but you guys are going to be pleasantly surprised and amazed. If you've never heard of this, prepare yourself. <laughs> Might want to pause this for a minute. Go get something um, to snack on, a little you know, bit of popcorn or veggies. If you're in a warm place, you know, I always like the popcorn and hot apple cider. It is, after all. October put, you know, drink it through. I always drink it through a straw of cinnamon stick, (laughs) cinnamon stick straws. I told my kids, these are like straws. And I always loved the, I mean, hot apple cider. There's nothing better, but hot chocolate with a little bit of coconut oil in it. You know, it's good for your lips, keeps your lips not chapped this time of year. So we're going to get into it guys. I mean, this is intense. So I hope you like it. The name of the book is life and teaching of the masters of the far East. It is by Baird T Spalding. You spell his name B A I R D and then middle name or middle initial is T period. And then Spalding S P A L D I N G. This is volume one and volume one was published in the year 1924. So I'm going to read to you the foreword because it's important and it's short. Also, normally I won't use, go through the introduction and the forward and the thanks and the acknowledgements and the bullshit for 30 pages. I usually don't do that because usually it is just bullshit. It's like, it's pat a bunch of dead people on the back. I don't know. <laughs> Like, we don't know them, so I, yes, they're relevant. Yes, they were relevant. We just want to get into the meat of the thing. And plus, I have ADHD, and I I just get impatient. Virgo, I just, I'm so impatient sometimes. But this, this forward, this one's worth it, okay? You got to trust me when I say that. Okay, so, in presenting the life and teaching of the masters of the Far East... I wish to share that I was one of a research party of 11 persons that visited 
the Far East in the year 1894. During our stay, three and a half years, we contacted the great masters of the Himalayas who aided us in the translation of the records, which was of great assistance in our research work. <clears throat> okay. They permitted us to enter into their lives intimately, and we were thus able to see the actual working of the great law as demonstrated by them. We call them masters, which is merely our name for them. One living the life described herein is entitled to reverence and consideration as a master. Records and manuscripts, our actual experience with the masters, were preserved Personally, at that time, I thought the world was not ready for this message. I was an independent member of the research party, and I am now publishing my notes under the title, Life and Teaching of the Masters of the Far East, with the thought that the reader may accept or reject as he wishes. This book which will be followed by others of the Sun series, gives the first year's experience of the ex expedition in relation to the masters. It includes their teaching, which was taken by us steno stenographically at that time with their permission and approved by them. The masters accept that Buddha represents the way to enlightenment, but they clearly set forth that Christ is enlightenment, is enlightenment or a state of consciousness for which we are all seeking. The Christ light of every individual, therefore, the light of every child that is born into this world. Signed, Baird T. Spaulding. All right, so here we go. <laughs> oh, goodness. Hopefully this is going to be all right. I'm going to have to pause this for a second because I'm not able to blow up the words. And I have my reading glasses, but it's a very small print. So hold on a second. All right, so for some reason, my, <laughs> my PDF viewer is gone I'm off my tablet. I don't know what happened, but... It's irritating. <laughs> so I'm going to use the all document reader, but um, I might have to squint a little bit, unfortunately. My eyes are very blurry today. Yet another lovely gift from the universe in the form of ascension symptoms. But here we go. <laughs> okay, so chapter one. There is so much being printed at the present time regarding spiritual matters and there's such a great awakening this is like written in 1894 published in 19 I mean 1924 in 
he first wrote this in 1894. So 1924. So that's like almost a hundred years ago. This actually, he originally wrote this more than a hundred years ago. So the great awakening, I mean, obviously it's taken place over a long freaking time. Just wanted to point that out guys. Cause if you just woke up now and you're like, man, this is taking forever. Or like three, four years ago, you had your first awakening. You're like, when are we going to get there? Can you imagine waiting from 1894 till now? You know, or waiting from 1894 to like 1940 and then you die. And then here we are 80 years after that even. <laughs> it, 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 this stuff does kind of unfold slowly. So, you know, hold your horses. We're almost there. <laughs> are we there yet? No, not totally. Almost. Anyway, so <laughs> it's kind of funny to read this. So there is such a great awakening and seeking for the truth regarding the great teachers of the world. And I am prompted to place before you my experience with the masters of the far East. In this book, I am not attempting to expound upon a new cult or a religion. I'm only giving a resume of our experience with the masters in which I am undertaking to show the great fundamental truth of their teaching. These masters are scattered over a wide territory. And since our metaphysical research covered a large portion of India, Tibet, China, and Persia, no attempt to authenticate these experiences is made. There were 11 practical, scientifically trained men in our party. The greater part of our lives had been spent in research work. We had been accustomed to accept nothing unless it was fully verified and we never took anything for granted. We went thoroughly skeptical and came away thoroughly convinced and converted so much so that three of our number went back determined to stay until they are able to perform the works and live the life just as these masters are living today. Those who greatly assisted us in our work requested that their names be withheld in the event of our publishing our expeditions memoirs. I shall relate nothing but the facts as they happened using as nearly as possible the words and expressions of the people I met and with whom I was thrown into daily contact during the expedition. It was one of the conditions of the agreement before taking up the work that we should at first accept as fact everything we witnessed and no explanations should be demanded until we had gone into the work thoroughly, taken their lessons, lived and observed their daily lives. 
We were to accompany these masters, live their lives, and determine for ourselves. We were at liberty to be with them as much as we liked, ask any questions we wished, use our own deductions in getting results, and finally accept what we saw as fact or fake. There was no effort at any time to influence our judgment in any way. They wished us to become thoroughly convinced before we gave credence to anything we saw or heard. Therefore, I will place these happenings before the readers and ask them to accept or reject as they see fit. We had been in India about two years doing regular routine research work when I met the master known in these writings as Emil that's spelled E-M-I-L Emil while walking along a street in the city where we were staying my attention was attracted to a crowd sorry I gotta put my lips are very, very chapped. <laughs> I had to put some Nivea chapstickish stuff on. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. It's like six, almost $6. It's a U.S. import. All right. Um, it's like ridiculous price. Okay. Um, now while walking along a street in the city where we were staying. Okay. So my attention was attracted to a crowd. I saw the center of interest was one of the street magicians or fakirs, F-A-K-I-R-S, fakirs, that are so common in that country. As I stood there, I noticed beside me an elderly man who was not of the same caste as those about him. He looked at me and asked, if I had been long in India, I replied, about two years. He asked, are you English? And I answered, American. I was surprised and very much interested to find one who spoke English. I asked him what he thought of the performance that was going on. He answered, oh, it is a common occurrence in India. These fellows are called fakirs, magicians, and hypnotists. They're all the name implies, but underneath it is a deeper spiritual meaning that few discern and good will come of it someday. It is but the shadow of the thing from which it sprang. It has caused a great deal of comment and those commenting upon it never seem to have reached, reached the true meaning for their certainly is a truth underneath it all. Here we parted and I saw him only occasionally during the next four months. Our expedition was confronted by a problem which gave us a great deal of trouble. In the midst of our worries, I again met Emil. Immediately he asked what was bothering me 
and began talking about our problem. All right, I just honestly, I it was in rich text format and I needed to find it on PDF so I could blow it up and look at it when the words are bigger. It was, it's the book itself, the words are very tiny. And on a tablet <laughs> in RTF format, it was so tiny, I couldn't see it. I'm like, what? So, sorry about that. Um, here we go. So, we began to talk about our problem. I wondered at this, for I felt that none of our party had mentioned it outside of our little circle. His familiarity with the situation was such that I felt the whole matter was known to him. He explained that he had a certain insight into the affair and that he would endeavor to help. Within a day or two, the matter was cleared up, leaving us without a problem. We wondered at this, but with other things to occupy our time, we soon forgot. As other problems came up, it became, it became a habit with me to talk them over with email. It seemed that as soon as I discussed our troubles with him, they would cease to exist. My associates had met and talked with email, but I had said little to them about him. By this time, I had read a number of books on Hindu lore, selected by email, and I was fully convinced that he was one of the adepts. My curiosity was keenly aroused, and I was becoming more deeply interested each day. Our Sunday afternoon, or I'm sorry, one Sunday afternoon, Emil and I were walking in a field when he called my attention to a pigeon circling overhead and casually remarked that the bird was looking for him. <laughs> oh my God, you guys, this is like me since I was 18. I've had crows. Crows have been following me my whole life. I'm in, I'm in a country where they don't exist, which I didn't know when I moved down here. It makes me kind of sad. But, <laughs> but as soon as I moved into a place of pigeons, I mean, at Mermaid Girl 88, you could go see Fred and Ethel from my last apartment. So it's kind of funny to read this. It's like, yeah, I've had animals randomly look for me too. So anyway, so the pigeon, the bird was looking for him. He stood perfectly still. And in a few moments, the bird alighted upon his outstretched arm. <laughs> he said the bird had a message from his brother in the north. This proved to be a fellow worker who had not reached the attainment whereby he could communicate directly. No, he instead took this means. <laughs> we later found out that the masters are able to communicate with, with each other instantly by thought transference, or as they call it, a force much more subtle than either electricity or wireless. Oh, that's a funny word. Wireless. This was published in 1924. They don't mean Wi-Fi. Wireless is, um, it might be what they mean by telegraphs. So this is kind of funny because it's very, it's a very old book. So yeah. All right. <laughs> you got to put it into context always. I then began to ask questions and email showed me that he was able to call the birds to him and direct their flight 
while they were in the air that the flowers and trees would nod to him and that wild animals would come to him fearlessly. He parted two jackals were fighting that were fighting over the body of a smaller animal that they had killed and they were feeding upon. When he approached them, they stopped fighting and put their heads in his outstretched hands in perfect trust. Then they resumed their meal in quiet. He even gave me one of the young wild creatures to hold in my hands. He then said to me, this is not the mortal self, the self you see that is able to do these things. It is a truer, deeper self. It is what you know as God, God within me, God, the omnipotent one working through me that does these things of myself, the mortal self. I could do nothing. It is only when I get rid of the outer entirely and let the actual, the I am speak and work and let the great love of God come forth that I could do these things that you have seen. When you let the love of God pour through you to all things, nothing fears you and no harm can befall you. Every day during this time, I had lessons with email. He would suddenly appear in my room. He would suddenly appear in my room. Even if I had taken special care to lock the door before retiring. At first, his appearance at will disturbed me because I soon saw that he took it for granted (laughs) that I understood. Uh, That's crazy, right? Can you imagine that? Seriously, it's like bewitched in real life. (laughs) with, you know, Endora just popping in. (laughs) I became accustomed to his ways and left my door open so that he could come and go as he pleased. This confidence seemed to please him. I could not understand all of his teachings and I could not accept them fully, nor was I able with all I saw while in the East to accept fully at the time. It required years of meditation to bring me the realization of the deep spiritual meaning of these people's lives. Their work is accomplished without ostentation and in perfect childlike simplicity. Ooh, ooh, the card innocence, childlike simplicity. Oh, I just love when the beginning of the show and the end of the show, like kind of like correlate and God works through me, man. And every time I'm still surprised (laughs) childlike simplicity. Ooh, that just gave me the chills. (laughs) All right. They know the power of love to protect them and they cultivate it until all nature is in love with them and befriends them. 
Thousands of the common people are killed annually by serpents and wild animals. Yet these masters have so brought forth the power of love in themselves that serpents and wild animals do not injure them. They live at times in the wildest jungles and sometimes lay their bodies down before a village to protect it from the ravages of wild animals and no harm befalls the village or themselves. When occasion requires, they walk on water, go through fire, travel in the invisible, and do many other things that we have been accustomed to look upon as miracles performed only by one supposed in some way to possess supernatural powers. There is a striking resemblance between the life and teachings of Jesus of Nazareth and those of these masters as exemplified in their daily life. It has been thought impossible for man to derive his daily supply directly from the universal, to overcome death, and to perform the various so-called miracles that Jesus performed while on earth. The masters prove that all of these are their daily life. They supply everything needed for their daily wants directly from the universal, including food, clothing, and money. Ooh, you guys. Are you guys excited about this? We're going to have to meditate on this a lot, but it's coming. It's coming our way. We're going to learn how to do this also, just like them. They have so far overcome death that many of them now living are over 500 years of age, as was conclusively proved by their records. There are comparatively few of these masters in India, other cults seeming to be but offshoots of their teaching. They realize their number is limited and that only a few scholars can come to them. In the invisible, however, they can reach almost unlimited numbers and it seems to be the greater work of their lives to reach out into the invisible and help all who are receptive to their teaching. The teaching of Emil laid the foundation for the work which we were to take up years later in our third expedition to these countries during which time we lived with the masters continuously for three and one half years traveled with them, observed their daily lives, and work throughout the Far East. Let's see how much time we have left. That Now we're, we'll go into Chapter 2. Yeah, we got time, at least to start Chapter 2. So I hope you guys are excited because it just gets wilder from here. <laughs> chapter 2. We arrived at Potal from where the expedition was to start late in the afternoon of December 22nd, 1894. 
and found we were to start Christmas morning upon what was to be the most memorable expedition of our whole lives. I never shall forget the few words Emil said to us that morning. These words were delivered in fluent English. Although the speaker did not boast an English education, and he had never even been out of the Far East. He began by saying, The Christmas morning to you, I suppose, it is the day Jesus of Nazareth the Christ was born. To you the thought must come that he was sent to remit sins. To you he must typify the great mediator between you and your God. You seem to appeal to Jesus as a mediator between you and your God, who seems to be a stern and at times an angry God sitting off somewhere in a place called heaven, located where I do not know, except to be in the man's consciousness. You seem to be able to reach God only through his less austere and more loving son, the great noble one whom we all call blessed and whose advent into the world this day commemorates. To us, this day means more. To us, this day not only means the advent into this world of Jesus the Christ, but this day means the birth of the great master and teacher, the great liberator of all mankind from material bondage and limitations. To us, this great soul came on earth to show more fully the way to the real God, the great omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient one. To show that God is all goodness and wisdom and truth, all truth, all in all, the great master, this great master, who came to this world this day was sent to show more fully that God not only dwells without us, but within us, that he never is nor can be separated from us or any of his creations, that he is always a just and loving God and he is all things knows all things, knows all and is all truth. Had I the understanding of all men, it is beyond my power to express you to you, even in a humble way, what this holy birth means to us. We are fully convinced and we hope you will see that this great master and teacher came to us that we might have a fuller understanding of life here on earth, that all mortal limitations are but man-made and in no other way should they be interpreted. We know that this greatest of all teachers came to show more fully that the Christ in him and through whom he did his mighty works in the same is the same Christ that lives in you, in me, 
and in all mankind that we can by applying his teachings do all the works that he did and greater works. We believe that Jesus came to show more fully that God is the one great and the only cause of all things that God is all. Just reading that right there now, guys, I am having wild um, tinnitus in my left ear suddenly. It's now starting to subside. Like two paragraphs ago, it started getting so loud that I couldn't hear on my left ear. Now it's gone. This. So I just got download while I was reading this. <laughs> You may have heard it said that we believe Jesus received his early training among us. Perhaps some of us do believe. Let that be as it is. Does it matter whether his training came from among us or as a direct revelation from God, the one source where all things really exist? For when an idea from God mind has been contacted by one man and sent out through the spoken word cannot one or all again contact that thought in the universal because one has contacted the idea and sent it out it does not follow that it is his particular possession if he did appropriate and hold it where would be room for receiving to receive more, we must give out what we have received. If we withhold what we receive, stagnation will follow, and we will be like the wheel that generates power from the water and suddenly of its own volition begins to withhold the water which it is using. It will soon find itself stifled with inert water, it is only when the water is allowed to flow freely that through freely through that it is of value to the wheel to create power. Just so with man, when he contacts God's ideas, he must give them out in order to receive the benefit from them. He must allow it all to do the same, and they may grow and develop as he is growing. I am of the opinion that when Jesus taught came to him as a direct revelation from God, as it is no doubt has come to our great teachers, are not all things of God and whatever human being can do cannot all do. We believe you will be convinced that God is ever willing and ready to reveal himself to all men as he has revealed himself to Jesus and others. The only requisite necessary is for each one to be willing to let God come forth. We believe with all sincerity that all are created equal, that all men are one man, that the mighty works done by Jesus can and will be done by all. You will see there is nothing mysterious about these words, these works, nothing mysterious about these works. The mystery is only in man's mortal concept of them. 
We fully realize that you have come to us with minds more open or less skeptical. We trust you will live with us and know us as we really are. Our work and the results accomplished, we leave you to accept or reject as you will. All right, so I'm going to quickly look and see. Yeah, it looks like we could do chapter three too. 39 minutes. Hopefully, we'll be able to get through it. Okay. Where are we? <laughs> now I lost my place. Dag, damn it. Not cool, man. Oh, here we go. Chapter three. All right. Okay, chapter three. Emil sent us away with a few remarks in which he said, You are about to start your own ex- expedition with these two men. Jast and Nepro to accompany you. As you travel, it will take about five days to journey to your next important stopping place, which is about 90 miles distant. I will tarry here for a time because it will not be necessary for me to consume that time to cover the distance. But I will be there to greet you. I wish to ask that you leave one of your party here in order to make observations and corroborate what may happen. In this way, time will be saved and he will be able to join the expedition not later than 10 days hence. We simply ask him to watch and report what he sees. So we started with Jast and Nepro in charge of the expedition and I wish to say that more business-like arrangements could not well be imagined. Every detail was complete and swung into line with the rhythm and precision of music. This harmony was maintained throughout the entire expedition which lasted three and a half years. We arrived at the appointed village about four o'clock on the fifth day, and there was email to greet us as he had agreed. Can you imagine our amazement? We were quite certain we had come by the only traveled route, by the swiftest mode of locomotion at, in that country, except as the couriers go. They travel in relays and go night and day. Here was a man well advanced in years, as we thought, and one we thought in no wise would be able to negotiate a journey of 90 miles in less time than it required us to do the same. Yet, here he was. Of course, we all tried to ask questions at once and were eager to hear. These were his words. I said when you departed that I will be here to greet you. I am here. I wish to call your attention more fully to the fact that man in his right domain is limitless. Knows no limit of time or space. Man, when he knows himself, is not obliged to toil wearily along for five days to accomplish 90 miles. Man in his right estate can accomplish any distance it matters not the magnitude instantly 
A moment ago I was in the village from which you departed five days ago. What you saw as my body still reposes there. Your associate whom you left in that village will tell you that until a few moments before four o'clock, I conversed with him, stating that I would go to greet you as you would arrive here about this hour. What you saw as my body is still there and your associate still beholds it, although it is at present inactive. This was done simply to show you that we are able to leave our bodies and greet you at any appointed place at any specified time. The two who accompanied you have accomplished the journey as I have. In this way, you will be more readily re- you'll you will more readily realize that we are only ordinary humans of the same source as you, that there is no mystery here, but that we have developed the powers given all by the father, the great omnipotent one more fully than you have. My body will remain where it is until night. Then I will bring it here and your associate will proceed his way here as you did arriving in due time after day's rest we will journey to a small village one day off where we will tarry one night and then return here and meet your associate to see what his report will be we will assemble this evening in the lodge in the meantime farewell in the evening, after we had assembled, email without opening the door, suddenly appeared in our midst and said, You've seen me appear in this room as you would say by magic. Let me say there is no magic about it. Here is a simple experiment which you can behold. You can see this, consequently, you will believe. Kindly gather around so that you can see we have a small glass of water which one of your number has just brought from the spring you see that a minute particle of ice is forming in the very hole of the water in the glass is frozen what has happened i held the central atoms of the water in the universal until they became formed or in other words I lowered their vibrations until they became ice and all the particles formed around them until the whole has become ice you can apply this to the little glass the tub the pond the lake <laughs> the sea the whole mass of the water on the earth, what would happen? All would be frozen, would it not? To what purpose? None. You ask by what authority? I say by using a perfect law. But in this case, to what end? Nothing. As no good has been accomplished or could be accomplished, had I gone on to determine to carry out this fully, what would have happened? 
the reaction. To whom? To me. I know the law, and what I express returns to me as truly as I express it. Therefore, I express only the good, and the good returns to me only as good. You can readily see that had I persisted in the freezing, the cold would have reacted upon me long before I'd accomplished the end, and I would, in reaping the harvest of my desire, have been frozen. Whereas if I express the good, I reap the harvest of my good eternally. My appearance in this room tonight may be explained in this way. In the little room where you left me, I held my body in the universal by raising its vibrations and it returned to the universal or, as we say, returning it to the universal where all substance exists. Then through my I am, my Christ consciousness, I held my body in my mind until its vibrations were lowered and it took form right here in this room and you could see it. Wherein is this, wherein is there any mystery? Am I not using the power or the law given me by the Father through the beloved Son? Is not the Son you and I and all mankind? Wherein lies the mystery? There is none. Consider the faith represented by the mustard seed. It comes to us from the universal through the Christ within, which has already been born within us all. As a minute speck, it enters through the Christ or superconscious mind, the place of receptivity within ourselves. Then it must be carried to the mount or highest within ourselves, the very top of the head. It is held there. We must then allow Holy Spirit to descend. Now comes the admonition. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy strength, with all thy mind. Think. Does the meaning come? Heart, soul, strength, mind. Is there anything to do at this point but to turn it all over to God? (laughs) The Holy Spirit, the whole I, Spirit, in action. This Holy Spirit comes in many ways, perhaps, as tiny entities tapping and seeking admittance. We must accept and allow this Holy Spirit to come in and unite with the minute point of light or seed of knowing and revolve around it and adhere to it just as you saw the particles of ice adhere to the central particle and it will grow in form particle by particle circle by circle just as the ice multiply and express that seed of knowing until you are able to say to the mountain of difficulties Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and it will be done. Call this fourth dimension, or what you wish. We call it God in expression through the Christ in us.
It is in this way the Christ was born. Mary, the great mother, perceived the ideal. The ideal was held in mind, then conceived in the soil of her soul, held for a long time there, then brought forth or born as the perfect Christ child, the firstborn, the only begotten, the Son of God. He was nourished and protected, given the very best of the mother, watched over and cherished until he grew from childhood into manhood. It is thus the Christ comes to all of us, first as an ideal planted in the soil of our soul, the central part where God is held in mind as a perfect ideal, then brought forth or born as a perfect child, the Christ consciousness. You who have seen what has been accomplished here, doubt your own eyes. That I do not blame you. I get the thought of hypnotism from the minds of some. My brothers, is there one who feels that he does not have the power to exercise every God-given faculty that he has seen brought forth tonight? Do you think for a moment that I am am in any way controlling your thought or your vision? Do you think I could, if I would, cast a hypnotic spell over you, any of you, all of you? For did you not all see? Is it not recorded in your in your own great book that Jesus entered a room with all doors closed? He just came in, as I have done. <laughs> Do you not think for a moment that Jesus, the great master and teacher, needed in any way to hypnotize? He used his own God-given powers I have done tonight. Let me say that I have done nothing but what each one of you can do. Not only you, but every child that is or has ever been born into this world or universe has the same power to do just what you have seen accomplished this night. I wish to get this clearly before your minds. Let me also say that you are individuals, that you are not personalities, that you are free wills, not automatons. Jesus did not need to hypnotize and we do not need to hypnotize. Doubt us all you wish until you are fully satisfied as to our honesty. Put the idea of hypnotism away for the time, or at least let it lie passive until you have gone deeper into the work. All we ask is that you keep is that you keep an open mind. And I think that's where we're going to leave it tonight. Your head must be reeling. We have six months left of the epi- of this episode. So, what do you think? <laughs> Are you hooked? Is this an oh my god moment? We are about to learn. Not only are there special spiritual masters, I'm sure they're 600 years old now. They're still there. They have contacted me in my dreams. These people are real. They're still there. And we're about to learn that they do all the things that Jesus did and more. And they're going to teach us how to do all these things for ourselves and more but they're not going to teach us exactly directly. They just give a bunch of clues. 
you got to connect the dots. It's going to happen. I don't know when or where, but it's going to happen for all of us. We're in the middle of the ascension right now. They're all helping us. This book drives me crazy with how incredible it is. I love this book. I love the fact that there's six of them just like this. Three and a half years worth of notes this guy took. Can you imagine the things he didn't write down? I don't know about you guys, but this blows my mind. And we're going to continue to blow your minds every Monday until we're finished with this book. And I had to note the other, at the end of it, maybe we'll just go on into book two. Maybe. This might take us two or three years to read, but you know what? I think it's worth it, and I can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to reread it again for myself. I can't wait to read it to you guys because we're all going to share this together. Hashtag soul tribe. Hashtag soul family. That's how you find me on Instagram at mermaidgirl888. I wanted to say thank you to those of you who are just turning, tuning in, that you just heard about it, got interested in the show, and you just wanted to be a part of it. Thank you. Welcome aboard. And those of you who have been with me since the very beginning, and you know who you are, and I know who you are too, Rainy, Phil, Michelle, and many, many others. Anne has been with me for a while. Jude has been with me since last fall, almost a year. And we have some newbies, and I love it. We have some new people. Um, you know, Andrea, Yasmin, Jasmine, <laughs> Emerald, and Tim, the Cosmic Threader. We're going to hear from him tomorrow. I think tomorrow is when I'm going to put, he sang a song to me. And I'm going to put it in the show tomorrow. I sang a song to him and he put it in his show a couple days ago. <laughs> Just a little fun thing we, we do. So, all right, guys, that's it. You know what? Ooh, this is a good Monday. A really good Monday. Moon day. Don't forget to go outside and look at Mars tomorrow. If you haven't done so already. If you have access to a telescope, you're going to want to use it. Blow your own mind. Understand how much the universe is a part of you and you it. Recognize your innocence and walk the spiritual path that you are most drawn to. And don't allow other people to tell you the way you're supposed to be doing it because your higher self is going to guide you in the way you specifically need to go. And if you're here now, baby, it's going to get wild. If you continue with me, I, I know, I promise you it's going to get wild because you're on the ride with me now five days a week and I'm channeling God. I have been like one with my prime creator since 2007, as far as communication and it's getting stronger every day. And here we go. <laughs> Ooh-wee. There it is. Thank you for your continued patience and confidence 
and me, myself, and my abilities, and the show. Thank you for liking, subscribing, favoriting, and forwarding and sharing with everybody you know, including your Facebook groups with hopefully millions of people in them. Because uh, I do need to get the word out. I need to be able to make money from this. So I appreciate you. Those of you who have been sharing my stories, thank you so much for telling everybody you know that um, has an interest in spirituality and awakening. Thank you for telling them about Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast, only at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical. Okay, and at every other app and platform and you name it. Anyway, that's it for now, guys. I love you guys. I love you so much, but for now, I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Until next time, guys, peace. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.